Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Business from the Bass Boat on the Serious Angler Network, powered by X2 Power. Guys, um, great show lined up today. Someone who I have always viewed in the industry of bringing a level of professionalism into the sponsorship side of things. Folks looking to maybe take that next step, trying to figure out a way to represent themselves correctly. Uh, I, I think that this show is going to be packed with information. Someone that I haven't really spent a lot of time with around, uh, someone on the West Coast side of things, and I'm excited to just just talk fishing and, of course, talk uh, the business side of fishing, which is what this show is all about. Without further ado, let's bring in Ken Ma from the West Coast, man. What's up, Adam? How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? <laughs> Fantastic, man. I've been uh, I've been kind of you know on the in California they do these uh, six hour rules on these tournaments. So from I've heard that. Yeah. So basically, from June fifteenth to September fifteenth, okay. uh, the the DFG or DFW puts a six hour time limit on the uh, tournaments that are had out here. So there's not really a lot going on out here tournament wise. So, uh, I've just been enjoying going out to the Delta and just, uh, the bite's been like stupid, not, not catching a lot of big, big ones, but, um, I'd say, you know, over the past six or seven trips, you know, I'm catching anywhere from 25 to 35, uh, wow. you know, keepers a day. So it's, yeah. it's, it's been fun. That is awesome, man. Dude. Yeah. I, it was my first time to the Delta earlier this year. Um, I flew in and fished as a co-angler there and, uh, had a good tournament. I think I finished 12th or something along those lines. And had that was June, right? Was that June MLF? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. The Toyota series there. So yep. yeah, man, that was, that was so cool. And I remember I saw you there. Um, and I just was like, this place is something like I had never seen before. All these guys. Yeah. It's, it's how a cool magical it place, Adam. Yeah. I, I mean, if, you know, for your listeners and, you know, it's not that far for people to go. You know, I know a lot of people talk about Clear Lake and, you know, you don't have the confusing tide at Clear Lake that you have at the Delta. But uh, but just as for, you know, scenery and getting lost, not not, you know, figuratively, you know, uh, but, <laughs> but just but but, you know, just, you know, I always tell people, you know, like you could be on the other side of the Thule berm. I could be winning 100 grand on this side of the Thule berm and, and you'll never see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so so that that's what i mean by getting lost that's what i still love about it there's still uh places to hide and places to go um you know on, on that body of water yeah it's so windy and um i mean it's just like massive to me it just mm-hmm. looked on a map i mean you just can go so many places and I love that about it. Like you said, it's not like everyone can see each other either. You can be in a little hidey hole and uh, find something to yourself. You, you really can, you know, and it's just it. What I love about it is it's alive every year, right? Because it's a grass, it, you know, it's a grass fishery. It's a tidal grass fishery is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, every year, you know, there's some um, obviously uh, grass spraying and things like that. It's not nearly as bad in the past few years as it has been in the prior like five. Mm-hmm. But, but that's what I love about the place is like every year it's different. You know, like there's some years where, you know, I'll find them here and either the grass doesn't grow or it's overgrown, um, you know, or the mats are laying out a different way and, and things like that. That's, it's, it's just, it, it's just always, always changing. Yeah, it really is. That's so cool. Yeah. It, you're exactly right. It's just alive. That's a good way to put it. 
and it, it seems that way. I mean, everything's always changing and moving and, um, yeah, it, it was, it was an eye opening experience for me. I was, I've never been on a tidal body of water either. And that was really cool to see when bite windows would just turn on. And yeah. I was lucky enough to fly out there and, uh, fish with a, with a friend, uh, that I practiced for four days on it. So I really got to see a lot of different aspects of it. And, uh, man, it was a blast. Yeah. Challenging too. You know, it's just like you go from, you know, you get a little, hopefully you get a 30 to 45 minute bite window and you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to win the tournament. And then you can literally go like the next three and a half hours and like not catch one. Bang your head on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I had that experience too. It's just like, yeah, what happened? The bite is yes. completely gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's like that. It yeah. Definitely like that. No doubt. So what, I mean, you're, we're kind of in across the country, really. We're in a slow time of the year for tournaments, except for the Northern swing. When you look at the national kind of style events and the Northern Toyota series, but what is your next event? Is there an Apex event coming up? What's your next deal? No, so Apex ended with Joey Rebay winning at uh, El Cap. Mm-hmm. I saw so, okay. yeah, so that regular season has ended, and the um, it's it's going to follow kind of a Bassmaster Classic uh, type of format where they do regular season like in 2022, and then they'll end up doing the the Classic or the Championship in like the spring of 2023. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, and, and you and I talked backstage about it, you know, uh, Rick Pierce and, and Jeremy DeHart, they're, you know, they're launching this Western Bass shootout mm-hmm. uh, that's also coming in the spring of, of 23. Gotcha. Uh, so there's a lot of things going on, you know, in our industry um, that are that are really exciting that that people, you know, really haven't tried to do before. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and we can get into a little bit of that, Ken. I mean, um, again, what we'll do is let's break down a little bit of the West Coast stuff. I know it's kind of confusing for folks all uh, outside of the West Coast side of things. It, they kind of look at the West Coast and like, okay, well, you've got the, the Toyota series. Well, Bassmaster doesn't go there, but then there's the Apex. There's right. one Bass. There's all these different things going on. I mean, mm-hmm. just a, a quick breakdown. I mean, what does that look like? And then kind of what were you leading into there with what Rick's got going? Yeah. So really at the, what I would call the highest levels, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have Toyota series. They've been out here, I think since Oh five ish. Yeah. Um, and they have strongly supported um, our region and they've, you know, gone through a bunch of changes. And uh, so you have that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, one bass, Billy Egan has been, you know, he's, I always, you know, Billy's been, or he is kind of is the longest, uh, tenured tournament director as far as pro-ams, mm-hmm. um, that we've had out here. And, uh, you know, he runs a great shared weight, uh, format, um, you know, and he's starting to expand and, and do those things. And then you have two things under the wild rest, uh, umbrella of the wild west pro-ams, which is, uh, non-shared weight. Okay. And it's, it's, uh, primarily in California mm-hmm. and then you can fish the, uh, wild west pro-ams and then qualify through the AOI points, uh, for the apex, uh, pro tour, which was launched last year. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and then how many do they take from the wild west? Top trail? 10. Okay. Top 10. Yeah. Top 10. Now they, they have, because we're, we want to build the field to about 50 ish. Okay. Right. And it's 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 a it's a gradual build. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're going to 
take the top 10. And then on the, the last two seasons, they have worked down the field a little to, to uh, increase the apex field. Got it. Uh, but primarily it's the, it's the top 10. Got it. Okay. Okay. And then uh, the apex side of things. So that's that, that top tier um, of that wild west bass trail. And that's, I know a very unique format and uh, yeah, it's man, Adam, it's I, every time, like I, I talk to Panger about it and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's the most fun that I've ever had tournament fishing. That's awesome. you know, and, and it is right. Because I mean, I've, I've fished five fish forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've fished shared weight with Billy before and, and, you know, I prefer the non shared weight uh, format. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, um, I like that, you know, if you beat me, uh, over a course of three days, you caught all 15 fish, right? You're, you know, your coin or didn't catch, you know, 10 of them and you caught five of them. There's an extra variable there and it, that could go either way. You know what I mean? It could go either way. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so, yeah. so, and it's really about preference, you know, there people sure. prefer, you know, the shared weight. So they go to the shared weight and, mm-hmm. and, and I don't, I don't look down on them. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, 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 um, it's a format that, that was kind of, uh, I guess conceived here in the West, because I don't believe they do it anywhere else. I don't know of a place. Yeah. They they do it other than the West. Right. And I believe it was, it was conceived back in the West coast bass days, which was like, uh, you know, mid eighties, late eighties types of deal. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then, you know, one bass has has pretty much kept that format through its existence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with apex, you know, going back to that, I mean, like I said, I always light up because, um, not just because we're like, I'm trying to help build something that's, that's different out here, but the, the format is, um, so basically what it is, is the fulfilled fish is the first two days. And there's, there's two ways to get into the top 10. Okay. And it, it's pretty simple. Um, you can either get there catching the most scorable bass over the first two days. And a scorable bass for apex is 14 inches or longer. Gotcha. So if it, if if it's 14 inches on your board or if it's 24 inches on your board, in the tourney X system, it just counts as one scoreable. Okay. Okay. A fish. So, right, it's one fish, and then and then what happens is we we're still fishing a t- traditional five fish limit event during that day because we still have a weigh in. Okay. Okay. So and it's really changed the dynamic of things because you know I I use uh, last year at Almanor John Pearl. And Jared Lintner on day one, mm-hmm. uh, they caught one and two bass scorable uh, collectively the whole first day. Wow. Okay. In, in a traditional five fish tournament, they're done. They're going home after day two. 100%. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not making that weight up on that smallmouth fishery. Mm-hmm. Well, the next day, Pearl went out and hosed like 26 scorable. Oh my gosh. Right. And then Lintner caught like 19 scoreable and they ended up going like from cellar dweller. And I think uh, Lintner ended up like uh, Pearl ended up going like second or third in scoreable and Lintner ended up going like, like fourth in scoreable. So you're never out of it. And, and every scoreable fish you catch, I mean, for me, at least, at least in the beginning, I mean, you fight it like a 10 pounder because the difference in, in that scoreable could be the difference in you making the cut or not making the cut. Yeah. You know, so, so it puts a heightened uh, level of, uh, you know, like, in, like when we fish the Toyotas, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you have 18 pounds already and you know your smallest one's a three pounder, mm-hmm. you hook a two and a, a two or two and a half pounder, yeah. you're just you're skiing it back to the boat. Yeah. Right. You're just you're sitting here power winding it back to the boat. And if it comes off, you're happy about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you didn't have to unhook it. Yeah. You know, so so in the apex format, um, that fish will matter because it's another scorable and another scorable, you know, mm-hmm. Um and it's just it's it's really brought a dimension to the to to what we're doing that hasn't been out here. You know, like when we went to the Columbia River, mm-hmm. you know, Christian Ostrander, he caught a hundred. I don't know if you heard about this. He caught a hundred and twenty-two scorable in an eight-hour day. That's that's so many fish per minute. I, I mean, per, it's, per it's ten-minute doing day. Like yeah, that. somebody I think Panger did the math and he says, dude, that's like catching a fish every six minutes. And I'm like, I mean, that's what he did. The camera boat left him and came to me. And he said that uh, he was on him for 15 minutes and he counted. He caught 14 in a row on 14 throws. Oh, my gosh. He caught 14 scoreable in a row. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so um, I I like to talk about it because, you know, I don't get up to the Columbia that much. And it's just a world class um, smallmouth fishery. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, um, that's what it sounds like when you're catching that many fish. That sounds like the Great Lakes. Like, yeah, I mean, sixty. So another stat: sixty-two scoreable at that Columbia Arlington event. Yeah, did not make the cut. Wow. So, 31- so what, one thing I'm 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 missing a little bit here, Ken. So the the scoreable, the number of scoreables is a tournament going on in itself, and then the weight is going on in itself. So like Correct. to make the cut, you have to have the scoreables but then the weight matters at the end or where, where does that change? Okay. So if I didn't say, so what would happen is, is you would take the top five in scorable. Okay. I see. Then you would take the top five in weight, total weight. Okay. After two days. Okay. And that makes your top 10. Got it. Right. And yeah. And then, and then what's a little bit confusing is, is, you know, like, like for instance, uh, Nick Salvucci who won mm-hmm. Trinity, uh, he had like 62 scorable after two days. So he was first in scorable. Okay. Actually, he may have had more than that. But he had, he had whatever he had, he had, he had, he was first in scorable and he was first in weight. Got it. Right. So when you have a double qualifier, what they do is they'll take him um, on one side. Okay. And then they'll call up an alternate. So, so theoretically, the, the sixth place person in scorable could end up being called up to the top 10. And is it just random on which one they call, whether it comes from big, uh, big weight or from, uh, well, currently as the rules are written, it, it goes scorable first, then goes weight. Got it. So like at Mojave, for instance, mm-hmm. um, they ended up calling up like, uh, four or five alternates because there were so many double qualifiers. Got it. You know, and then at Arlington, I think there was only one double qualifier. Mm-hmm. I think ish double qualified, uh, with weight and scorable, and then that allowed Salvucci to make it in the top ten on an alternate. That's that brings up a point that, I mean, you look at different fishing styles across the country, and you look at like uh, Jacob Peroznik has always said, "I'm looking for a numbers deal. I want to wear through as many as I can to get right. my biggest." And then you mm-hmm. have like, I don't know, a, a Bradley Holman that's going to go chase five mm-hmm. big bites, right? Right. I wonder in that format 
because you're doing both. And don't get me wrong, people are playing to both of those situations. I wonder how many times, like you said, like at Mojave, it played in both situations versus completely different sides. You know what I mean? Whereas these five guys didn't really have anything numbers going or if that even plays a factor. Um, I mean, for, I'll tell you for me, like I like to catch five. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Apex event, I go into it um, with a Prosnich, using your analogy with a Prosnich view, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm, I'm on a fishery. There was no practice. There was 30 day off limits. You can't get any info except you can talk to other apex anglers. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these places, you know, like last year I went to uh, the after bay, um, you know, I'm, I'm seldom on Berryessa. And then I went this year to Arlington um, and there I had like two days ever on that yes. uh, fishery. Um, and I'm not bragging, but I ended up winning those three events. So, awesome. you know, um, it, it is, but it's, it's also, um, uh, scary, <laughs> you know. I I, 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 I tip my hat off, you know, to um, now that I've had a taste of it, you know, to to these uh, anglers that you know go out on tour. They've never been to a place, you know. They drive 10, 20, 30 hours. They show up. They get two and a half days of practice, and they figure them out as they go over four days, and they end up winning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I, I had a lot of apprehension over that apex format. You know, like I said, you know, it's. I don't care how much you practice. If you practice days 30 days. Yeah, 30 days before. Yeah. I, I don't care what you found or what you did or what you think you have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's changing. Oh, no doubt. You know, um, so so to go um, in that format, um, and that's kind of what I was going to bring up to you, you know, um, yeah. it, it, really, it really brings the best instinctual fishermen out of you. So I go in it with the with the Prosnich attitude where I'm going to go just find fish. Yeah. Right. And then, and then in the course of finding, well, I mean, not just, I, I want to find scorable fish, right? 14, 14 inches. inches. A 14 incher, a 14 incher on most of the fisheries is close to a two pounder. Sure. Right. So, so I want to find those types of fish and I want to find as many as I can. And, and if I find a place where I can catch 50 of them and they're all scorable, I agree with them. I'm just going to keep catching them. Yeah. Now, the angler in me who's grown up all these years, I want to catch big ones. But if the first day, you know, if, if I end up top five and scorable, well, the second day I have to change my whole, uh, basically, approach. Yeah. Right? So I'm not going to go out the next day and then try to catch five big ones but because then I'll be shooting myself in the foot because I'm going to, you know, at that point I'm committed to making it unscorable. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is some strategy in that based on how your day's going. Um, you know, and and we've had anglers. You know, like uh, we had a rookie, Scott Hellison, made every cut. Um, he's and he's much like a Prosnich type of approacher. You know, where where he's gotcha. he's very comfortable. Yeah, he's very comfortable. Um, you know, throwing light line. I'm sure he does a lot of other things, but he's mm-hmm. comfortable throwing light line reaction. And, and his attitude is, is he wants to catch as many scoreable as, as, as I, as he can. Yeah. 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 So, so both sides worked. Uh, I would say both sides work to that. Now the difference is, is after the first two days, the weights are zeroed. Mm-hmm. So, so you got the five on the scoreable side, you got the five on the uh, weight size that 10 top 10 goes to Sunday, the weight zero, and it becomes a, a five fish, uh, big fish uh, deal. So, 
So then you have to change your gears, which I think it's harder. uh, It's even harder to do uh, when you have been catching all these scoreables. No doubt. If you're not, if you're not catching, I don't know if it takes 20 pounds to win that final Mm -hmm. day and you're catching a ton of two pounders, like you're in trouble. Like you need to maybe go get your five and then go looking because you got a whole new deal going. (laughs) Right. And, And that's, what's great about the format is because every day, you know, you're having to either refigure it out or redo it. You know, it's just like the last one. We did the first two days on um, uh, El Cap down in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And then the top 10 went to San Vicente, which was about, you know, 20 minutes or so away. Gotcha. You know, so they had to start all over again, you know, which which I think is great for the viewers because you get to see. It's just like what Bass Pro Tour showed us, right? Mm-hmm. You get to see these phenomenal anger anglers struggle oh yeah you know what i mean and you're and, and you relate to that because you're like man i sometimes i'm like i go out to the delta and sometimes you know i, I i'll catch one fish two fish in a day mm-hmm. you know and i'll you know and i'll drive home and be like dude i can't even catch on my home lane. <laughs> <laughs> like like what am i doing yeah <laughs> you know, you know no, but then you watch you know you watch some of the best in the world and you know, it's eight hours, the time's ticking, and they literally don't have a scoreable bass, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so I think people relate to that, uh, a lot, you no know? Doubt. Yeah. And, and, and with the field size being capped at 50, like you said, is that to bring in, I mean, you're bringing up a lot of lakes that I think viewers across the nation haven't really heard of, or is that to yeah. go to those smaller fisheries that are, I mean, there's so many of them across the country, really, but especially out West that, that don't get touched, it seems. Yeah, I mean that that's part of it. Um, okay. Also, I think a big part of it is is that um, our part of the country, which I guess will be a good segue into what what you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fishing is not a lifestyle here, so to speak. You know, it's not. You know, like uh, you know, you go into the central or especially in the south and back east. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, if mom or dad has a tournament, the whole family's going to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's what I mean by it's a lifestyle, you know? Um, so part of that about keeping the field, um, pretty, uh, small and exclusive initially is yes. What you're saying is, you know, so we can go to Almanor, we can go to uh, the after Bay, uh, we can go to Comanche, right? Because, you know, those bodies of waters, you know, uh, you put, you know, after Bay, you put 60 boats on there. It's crowded. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Almanor could probably hold about 60, but at that 50 boat field. And then what it's really allowed us to do is it's allowed the organization, um, and along with Rick Pierce at Basscat, it's allowed them to also service other communities that um, would not normally get a event of this magnitude with the television coverage and the social media and then the anglers media to come right. into town. Uh, you know, to then bring awareness, you know, to an Almanor or, or to an, to like, like a Trinity, mm-hmm. right? I don't, have you ever been there? No. Mm-mm. Did you hear about it before that event? Not at all. Okay. And did you, did you follow or hear what happened at the event? I didn't. I missed Trinity. Okay. Yeah. So when the TV show, when the TV show comes out, you, mm-hmm. need, you need to watch, I mean, it was, it was nuts. Okay. You know? Um, you know, like I think Salvucci and Nick Clodier, who Clodier finished second, but Salvucci, uh, he weighed like 30, almost 33 the first day. Oh man. And, and I think, 
he caught in the neighborhood of like 38 or 40 scoreable. And, and, and we're talking, you know, that lake has got four to seven pounders in it. Like, you know, you catch four pounders and you're just like, you're you're like, you, you, you don't get mad about it. I don't say you get mad about it, but you're just like, (laughs) man, another four pounder. You know, he told me the last day, he's a good friend of mine. He told me the last day when he weighed almost 33 and change on championship Sunday. Um, and then he stopped counting scoreable because on the last day they don't count. But I think he told me he counted, stopped counting scoreable when he hit around 72 of them. Oh, my gosh. Now, he told me that he culled two 28-pound bags, culled three 25-pound bags. Oh and he didn't even gosh. count how many 20-pound bags he culled on the last day. That is insane. <laughs> you know, so – so my point is, is to, to go to these uh, these fisheries. Uh, what Apex does, it services the community, um, and then it, it does. It, it's a lot of fun as an angler um, to go to places where you've never been before. You know, it really is a lot of fun. It's a lot of stress, like I said earlier. Don't get me wrong; it's a lot of stress, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, to do that research, that open source research that you're allowed to do look at seasonal uh, patterns, actually look at a map, look at Google Maps, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I sit in my, my uh, garage and I'm marking stuff off of, off of Google Earth and, um, and then you're kind of formulating a plan on like how am I going to, you know, because we show up in the community on Thursday. Okay. We have a short meeting. Uh, there's times that we'll do some community outreach stuff. And then f- uh, Friday morning, day one, like they launch us, they ring the bell, it counts right now wow like there there there's there's no like oh give us two hours to to go like it, it's right now and then with that tourney x you know it's similar to score tracker and and uh, bass tracks you know with the tourney x the anglers are able to look at that mm-hmm. so if somebody starts lighting tourney x up right now and then you know and you know if the field starts catching them and you're behind the pressure builds yeah. It really does. No, knowing the score in a bass fishing tournament, I don't like it. Uh, yeah, That's, <laughs> I've never experienced it, and I don't think I would like it either. Yeah, so, I mean, I know the first time they piloted it uh, a few years back. You know, I I, I didn't like it at all. So I, I can imagine what those Bass Pro uh, Tour. I mean, they've probably learned to to use it now to their advantage, and you know, they're veterans at it. Yeah, but I bet you that first year there were there were uh, some guys spinning out. Oh, no doubt. And then also, just it was always crazy to see. Um, when someone would be catching them and you would be like, oh, well, it's so-and-so and he's power fishing and you find out he's not power fishing at all. You know what I mean? Right. Your head's spinning right. like, oh, well, I know who that is. Like, I know exactly what he's doing. Yeah, they got to be doing that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but man, uh, that's a it's, a, it's a, it's a very, very cool format. And I think uh, the Apex is, a, is an awesome, awesome thing from bringing some of that professional level kind of stuff to the West coast that isn't, I mean, not to say there's not professional anglers on the West coast, mm-hmm. but not that national touring professional. It brings some of that in with the live and that kind of a, a situation as far as the coverage. I mean, um, but what we, what we were talking about previous to the show starting was part of, and, and my question too, and Todd Calcedine and I were talking about this, on the previous show is like out West 
it seems like there's a, is it a, like you said, it's not a lifestyle as much mm. as it is in the South. Like you're right. You go down to Texas, like it is crazy, but out West, there's all these different organizations and major league fishing does a great job. Like you said, supporting Western anglers and allowing them the opportunity to make the championship travel East, but out West, do you feel like how much of this field is fishing all of these type of events versus are locked into one series, uh, one, you know, just the major league fishing tournaments or just Western or the, uh, I guess let's do the one bass, you know, like how much crossover is there between this stuff? And is there like, is there room? I don't know. Is there room there or is it always, is it always been that way? Is it always been guys going their own direction? Um, okay. So your first question, I would say that when you really look, when you really look at the customer base, right, that's kind of the question you're asking me of, let's say a one bass on an MLF. Yep. Um, there is like, I would say there's probably taking the the U S open out of it. Yes. The U S open is its own animal. Uh, it's its own beast. But, but if you look at all the other tournaments that, that Billy runs, um, there's really not that much crossover. There may, there, may yeah. be, there may be 15 to 20 anglers who will fish an MLF event and then, you know, we'll go fish the Cal Open or the Arizona Open, um, you know, and they do that what I call they'll, they'll jackpot that tournament. Sure. There might be a Havasu guy. It's coming to them. Right. So, so they'll, they'll jackpot that, that type of tournament, you know, mm-hmm. now the U S open is a little bit different. You'll get, you'll, you'll get more people, uh, that, that, that will draw to that, sure. uh, mark, to that marquee event. That, that, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, like I said earlier, you know, the, their, um, one bass does a shared weight format. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does have a following out here, although I know outside of here and people are like, what you guys have pro-ams and they're shared weights. That's not a pro-am. It's a team tournament. <laughs> right um and then that's what people you know outside of say california um that, that's how they look at it you know but there is a, a strong following of that uh, out here and, and obviously you see uh you know billy's numbers mm-hmm. you know uh you know he's drawn some record numbers for our region you know over the past three or four years you know they they they, they fell off slightly a little bit last year but you know he's still drawing there's a demand you know, in, in excess of, you know, 150 boats, you know, even, even at his low drawing events. Yeah. Right. Which, which is, which would be the standard, uh, for us, you know, like in any pro-am event, especially non-shared weight event, Adam out here, uh, that, that draws over a hundred boats, um, that's seen as, as a success from the anglers, the organization, um, and the sponsors. Gotcha. You okay. know, so, so having those, you know, 250, 300 boat, uh, you know, um, Texas team trails or Alabama bass trail team events, uh, you know, we, we don't, we don't have those high water marks. Um, yeah. Out. Well, and that's, and that's really what I was trying to get at is where is that threshold of like, what would, that is perfect. I mean, that summed up everything for what I was looking for. Ken is like, what's the threshold for a good tournament out West. And that sounds like over a hundred, hundred boats. You're looking at a win for the most part on, on all sides of what people. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the most part, I would say that, 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 that's true, you know, and, and even, even like using uh, one bass and Billy, you know, I mean, there, there were times, you know, back, back, um, yeah. you know, prior, let's say prior to the economy being good over the last six or seven years, 
mm-hmm. you know, where, um, you know, he was working really hard to get past that 95, 98, you know, I mean, the U S open kind of hovered around 120 to 130 for many years, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to his credit, you know, he's built that and, and, you know, we've had some fields where there's, you know, 260, 270 boat fields in that, in that event. Mm-hmm. So, being that it's so, the marquee, I mean, it's the it's the the premier deal of. of well, it draws people from all over the world. Oh yeah, right. I mean, it's not just a uh, it's not just a nation thing. There's people from you know Japan and overseas wow, that that so that cool. come to that. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's the event, but it's also you know it's it's also Las Vegas. You know, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> you know? point. Yeah, Vegas is not not very far away from there, and, and that's and a big draw. And people, you know, they turn they make it into a vacation, so to speak. Exactly, that's right. You could have your family come and, and hang out in Vegas while you're mm-hmm. while you're fishing the tournament. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and then and then to, to segue, yeah, uh, you know, uh, back to your original question about you know uh, the apex field, you know, and what what I the second part I was going to say to that is is that we still have to. And, and, I, and I'm really mean this. Uh, not not everybody, but but we still have to uh, train and bring the level of our uh, pro anglers. Okay. And and what I talk about that is I'm talking about their their uh, endorsement portfolio. Mm. You know that that level needs. You know that that whole baseline level needs to 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 rise. Okay. And you and. Know, so, so, and that was really a big part of bringing you on, Ken, in the first place was just promoting yourself as an angler from the outside perspective seems as if you're at a very high level of professionalism and are looking for the correct situations. And I guess to maybe start down this path, let's talk about a little bit, maybe what are you seeing wrong and not necessarily like pointing someone out, obviously, but like... Mm-hmm. Where do you see anglers going wrong in today's age when it comes for uh, c- comes to prom- promoting themselves, sponsorship? I mean, wh- where do you kind of see some some stuff lacking? So um, it's funny, Adam, because when you when you asked me to, to to come on and talk about the business side, which I, I really enjoy talking about, uh-huh. um, you know, I think that and, and I wrote some things down. Um, yeah. So, so there's a couple of things and, and I'll, I'll kind of lay them out and then we can kind of dive into to what you want to dive into. Okay. Uh, I think some of the mistakes that anglers do, um, many of them, is um, they don't approach it as a job or a business. Mm. You know, they, they, you know, it's, um, they come in and, and they talk to a business owner. Um, they have no documentation, no resume, no proposal. They're, they're dressed like they, you know, just got off the water, you know, and, and, and you're talking to a decision maker. That's what I call them. You're talking to a decision maker who, um, you know, whatever you're seeking. Okay. Um, obviously if you're seeking a discount off of, um, items or a product, um, you know, a lot of companies are, are, are willing to do that. Uh, but, but when you're, when you approach these companies and you're seeking, you know, five figure checks, you know, um, Adam, if I write you a five figure check every quarter, I'm going to be asking questions. Oh yeah. No doubt. You know, I, I mean, I am, you know, mm-hmm. cause I, I want my ROI. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm not going to write you, 
you know, a $25,000 check over the year, let you go fishing. You put, you put a sticker on the side of your boat and you put a logo on your Jersey and you think, you think that that's, that's doing it for me. That, that is a great statement, man. I'm, I'm like writing that down for some social content, but that is uh, <laughs> like, as far as where our timing is, but that that's awesome. Anyone who's going to, who's going to bring serious capital to the table when it comes to a business owner or a decision maker, a marketing, someone in charge of a marketing budget, they're not going to look at something as a, Oh, great. Like we're funding Adam's fishing tournaments. Like this is great. Put it all on the side of the boat and you go do it. Like Right. And, and, and after every tournament, you get your phone out, you make a couple of social media posts to your, you know, 300 followers and uh -huh. you think you're doing everything you need to do. Yeah. You know, um, and, and there's no disrespect to that. You know, we're just talking about the ins and outs. So so my first thing is I would say, you know, people have to approach whatever that is. You have to approach it um, as as a job or or, or your business. Right. Um, the other, so some of the other things I'll throw out there, um, uh, I always tell people you got to know your value. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, do not do it for free. Okay. Because if you do it for free this year, if you try to get money next year, they're going to be like, well, Adam, you did it for free last year. Why all of a sudden do you want money to do the same thing? Yeah. Okay. And that, that goes into, um, you know, again, knowing your value and we can dive into those things as time permits. Yeah. Um, other things, you know, like uh, conduct, these companies, you know, th there's a lot of great things about social media, but then there's also a, a lot of things on, about your social media that could hurt you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, how you comment, how you engage, um, you know, all those things, you know, these companies, basically, they, that's how they vet you, right? They're, they're you know, if, if, if you knock on the door you know, and you want something, you know, you, you want an engine from Yamaha, for mm -hmm. instance, you know, um, if they don't know who you are, they're the first race they're going to look is, okay, well, let me look, let me look at my social media. Let me see what this person's about. Sure. You know, so, so your conduct, not only what I always say in the light, but also in the darkness. Mm. Okay. So how you conduct yourself and how you carry yourself um, in all aspects of your life um, that matters to these companies, right? Yeah. Because look, let's face it, Mercury, for instance, and, and, and Yamaha, they don't need Adam and Ken's help to brand their brand. No, they don't. Mm -mm. Okay. You know, you ask somebody on the street if they know what Mercury is and probably half of the people who don't even fish know what Mercury is. Sure. Right. Name brand, so, big name. Right. They, they don't, they don't need our help to brand. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that, that's not why, that's not why we're valued there. Um, the other thing is dress, mm. right? And, and I, I'm talking even when you're casually dressed, you know, people, especially people out here, I know it's different there. Yeah. Um, but people out here, you know, they, they still look at a Jersey as like, Oh my God, I don't want to, Oh, you know, um, and, 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 and this is what I tell people. And the same thing for you when you fish Toyotas, okay? Yeah. You spend $1,700. This is what I would tell the viewers. Whatever your entry fee is, okay? We're just using the Toyota Series as an example. Yep. Okay, Adam and Ken spend $1,700 to fish the Toyota Series, okay? Mm -hmm. You're guaranteed two trips across that stage, whether you caught fish or not. Yep. Okay? So this is what I tell people when, when they're getting serious about pursuing 
endorsements or or uh, sponsorships. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you paid you Adam, you paid eight hundred and fifty dollars to MLF to cross that stage. Okay, why eight fifty? Oh, each day. I see you're saying. Divide, yeah. Yep. Yep. 1700 bucks, right? You divide it in, into two. You yep. paid $850 okay, because the other nine hours of the tournament, right? Nobody is seeing you. There's no guarantees that you're going to be on the media coverage. There's no guarantees that None. launch post, launch, you know, pictures, anything like that. None. So when you cross that stage, mm -hmm. okay, now if you had a great day, um, you know, it was Lappin and Mark McGuall. And, um, you know, when you have a great day, you get a few more minutes. Yep. Okay. So if you get three minutes, what does your $850 equate to per, per hour? It's astronomical what you're paying to cross that stage. Oh yeah. Okay, so, so how I look at it, okay. is when I cross that stage, right. I'm going to be dressed right. I'm going to be smiling. I'm going to be professional. Right. Because that's when I'm interacting with the public. Mm. When I'm in my boat, if I want to wear some holy shorts <laughs> and, and a freaking cut off freaking T-shirt. Right. While I'm fishing, it's just me and my co-angler anyways. Yeah. OK. But when I approach the check in boat or I go to tie up and before I go get bags, um, you know, you're you're interacting with the public. And, and, and I promise you, if you ask any of your endorsers and your sponsors, mm -hmm. what do they want you to do? They want you to interact with, with, with consumers. Sure. They want you to, you know, like you, people want, you want people to buy an X2 battery. Yep. Right. Because they had a positive interaction with Adam. Mm -hmm. Right. And it matters even more when that person goes in there and buys three $900 batteries and says, Hey, the reason I'm buying this is because I listen to this show and I like Adam. Yeah. Right. Now that's moving the needle. They know, they know that, um, that their sponsorship with Adam is working. It's in some fashion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. That's, that's the way it goes. Got a dog, dog barking back there. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Got Ken chasing down a dog. It sounds like a little yippy dog, but who knows? Maybe it's ferocious. <laughs> All right, that was a blowout. Sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. Well, that wouldn't go too long. Um, so, so, and and that's that's how I look at it. Like it's my job, right? Yeah. So so whether it's Vexus or or Ram, you know, or Pinnacle Employee Services. Who, who are writing me checks, I take that seriously. Yeah. Right. I take, I take when, when I mean, I take all my partners, partnerships seriously. Okay. Um, you know, obviously when you have a company who's, who's giving you a discount off a product, sure. As opposed to a company who's writing you a check, um, then more time needs to be allocated. Um, Just value. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It's right. To the, that. Yeah. to the value. Exactly. And it's not like, you know, um, a healthy portfolio should include products that you are using. Yeah, I agree. You know, that you believe in, that you like, that, that you know, maybe, you know, like, I love Big Bite. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, uh, if they didn't cut me a $10,000 check, I would still want to use their product. You're going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would still use the product. So, so, so if I'm able to get 
um, if I'm able to get product that's valuable to me, mm-hmm. um, that's part of the portfolio, right? So, so to say that you don't, you know, you don't, you don't do product only sponsors or endorsers, um, you're really limiting your your portfolio. Your portfolio should really be a, a, a healthy segment of everything. Um, and obviously, if the companies who are writing you checks, um, you know, if those, hopefully that those checks uh, amount and surpass your overhead, mm-hmm. right? Because that's really, you know, you can't make money in the fishing industry off of winnings. No. Right? I, I, I very, very low percentage, years. man. Very, very, very low percentage. And in, in Castledine's words last week, nearly impossible. I mean, and, and he's someone who has done it at his region. And, but like, he's even talked about taking that nationally. And that is just not feasible from a it's, number standpoint. No, you, you have to, if you want to make it, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, you know, you really have to build your endorsement portfolio. That's the, that's really the only way um, for you to quote, make a living. You know, like last year, I had, uh, uh, I didn't have a Castle Dine year, but I had an unbelievable year last year. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, like I made 160, I made 162,000 last year fishing mm-hmm. in winnings. Mm-hmm. Okay. So does that pay the bills last year? Yeah. But if you, if you, if you took that amount plus all the other money that I won, you added it all up and then you averaged it out over the last 25 years, right? I, I'm, I, I don't even know if I'm in the green. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so really the, the endorsement part of it, the, um, the sponsor part of it is, is a really big deal. Um, you know, so, so those things, you know, approach it as a business, you have to know your value. Don't do it for free, your conduct, uh, dress. And then, um, you know, then the two other things that, that I would tell people is, is that is always be clear when you're having a, a conversation with a company, um, be clear what it is the company is is giving you, okay, um, and what do they expect in return, mm-hmm. okay, and can you deliver that, right? So a lot of be honest people, with yourself if you can or can't. Like if that's yeah, a lot of a lot of times people they, they can't they can't deliver that, mm-hmm. you know, and and see I won't take those deals if if if, if a company comes to me and says. Oh, hey, Kim, we're going to write you a $25,000 check. And we want you to do B. Um, if I'm not capable of doing B, um, I won't take that deal because I don't want a partnership that's just with me for a year. Yeah. Right. Because my brand is valuable also. Mm-hmm. Right. So so if, if, if one year I'm running, uh, you know, a boat and because they paid me yep. and I didn't deliver. Then, then, then next year I got to run B boat, mm-hmm. right? Um, that hurts my brand. Hurts your reputation. I mean, you see it. You guys flip flopping, and then not to mention, you got to remember too on the backside of everything, especially in the endemic side. But even on the non-endemic side, I mean, people talk like there's always communication on the backside about anglers. Again, you Absolutely. have to. You have to. To me, and that just shows your character, Ken. But like, you need to. Be honest with yourself on what you can bring to the table, what you can provide as value. And that's not just taking a picture after the tournament, but 
would love to get into more ways how anglers can provide value. But I think the big, a big thing that keeps coming up is know who you are, know what you can do and how you can provide value and look for a long-term relationship because that's going to benefit you way more than any sort of short-term quick cash situation. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that's how I approach it, you know, and then, and I think the, the last thing, um, is, you know, knowing what you can deliver, what they want in return, and then what that compensation is going to be. And the last thing that a lot of anglers fail at yeah. is reporting and follow-up. Mm. Horrible. They're horrible at it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I started, um, you know, they used to have a thing called a Cox report. Have you ever heard about that? I have not. Okay. So, so Mercury, uh, national, uh, national team used to, used to require, um, us to submit a, um, a, what was called a Cox report. And it was an expensive report. Basically they, um, a company would, uh, accumulate all of your impressions. Okay. You know, whether you were on a podcast that, you know, got, you know, 200,000 listens or you were on the front page of, of Bassmaster magazine or this magazine or whatever. Yeah. So it would, it would accumulate all this media and it would put it into a report. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, and then you would then hand that at the end of the year to your companies and then, and then use it um, to approach other potentially approach other endorsers. Sure. So, um, you know, so I don't do a cock report, you know, but I do a, what I, I do a quarterly report mm-hmm. to like to all my, my sponsors and my endorsers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's very, very important to do because a lot of, a lot of anglers think, again, you're holding this phone in your hand and you think you post it into to IG or to Twitter or, or to Facebook and that's good enough. They'll see it. Um, and it's not, and, and I'll tell you that, that, uh, me following through doing the proper reporting and doing the quarterly reports and then the annual report that I do, um, you know, my, uh, value and then my, my level of endorsement and then what I receive from them return has grown, you know, um, as it should over like the past, I'd say about the past four or five years, um, you know, that's been a very valuable part of, of what I do. And Ken, I think, uh, I mean, and, and this is coming right out of the, the serious angler and the group that we have. Um, I mean, Bailey is fantastic with that stuff and, and we have been putting together a quarterly report for our sponsors. Right. And it has, it has just in, and this is our first year of doing a quarterly report. Shocking. How much, isn't it shocking when you, when you gather the data, you're like, you can't, sometimes you look at it, you can't believe you did all that, huh? Uh Uh-huh. And, and, Mm -hmm. and it is, it is very, very cool to see also when you submit that, how important that is to these brands and how they view that as such a positive thing. And like, you know, say we have a down quarter in viewership. We're like, oh crap, I don't want to see. But you know what? And we just you you show your numbers and what happened, and it has been such a meaningful part of those relationships because then it keeps you on top with those sponsors. And then they say, hey, look, 
we're coming out with products X, Y, and Z. We haven't talked about this yet, but we're, we started a conversation this quarter instead of waiting till next year to talk about that mm-hmm. when you're getting ready to sign up for contracts again. It just has made such a, a more fluid relationship with us talking to these, staying in front of these partners over and over again. Well, and, and if you're justifying what you're currently getting as you're currently doing it, it makes it a lot easier to ask, mm-hmm. right? 100%. You know, and, and, and that's really the whole, that's really the whole thing is, yeah. you know, like, like I, I'm, I'm doing that now with a, with a few companies, right? I, I've compiled my stuff and I've asked mm-hmm. uh, for more mm-hmm. and, and it's not just me asking for more. It's yeah. like, Hey, look at this data, right? Look at what I have been a part of. Look at what I'm selling, right? You know, because that's a big part of it. You know, the, the social media game is changing now. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that it's been going going in phases. You know, uh, you know, I'd say six to eight years ago, um, you know, the high number of influencers were 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 coveted. You know, and then now, and then I would say not right now, but just prior to now, you know, the companies had kind of pivoted. And um, they were willing to give product and put it in the hands of uh, content creators, mm-hmm. right? I don't even want to call them influencer. They, you know, you 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 give them a a, a tackle box or a, a a thing a tackle, and you give it to them, and um, that's their payment, so to speak. They go out and they fish with it. I don't care if they're walking a pond or if they're on a you know two hundred thousand dollar boat. Mm-hmm. They're 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 creating content uh, with that product and it's and it's been strong. But but I'll say there's a shift going on right now mm-hmm. where where that is not enough anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're going to have to do um, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and then you know more and more companies now are saying, okay, well we're spending this much money with Adam or this much money with Ken you know, how do we justify that return? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the way I look at it is if a company comes to me and writes me a check for 25,000, whatever product they want me to uh, endorse or, or sell or, or push, um, I need to give them at least 300 times that. 300% rule, man. Yep. Right. That, that, oh. That's how I look at it. Right. So, so, so if I get $25,000 worth of graphs from Lawrence, I need to show that I'm selling $75,000 worth, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's a simple formula to me, right? Yeah, and, and I will say just with conversations on the back end with different sponsors and, and, and folks in that position, that is a good baseline number. That is, that is what I have been told is a good look at number of what value you can provide. And that 300% is, uh, I've heard that a couple of times now. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, the, again, it's a formula, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, can, can Sunline and Big Bite, um, can I really track how much fishing line I'm selling? Kind of hard to do. Sure. Right. Um, so, so that, that's, it's more challenging with certain products, you know, and that's why there's always a ceiling with certain products. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much you can get because in the, at the end of the day, um, you know, what they're giving you is it's just, the way I put it, it's immeasurable. Yeah. Right. You can't 
put your finger on it exactly, you know, um, you know what you're doing. Well, it's that relationship side of things too, right? I mean, it's, it's, if you are representing boat company a, and you're the guy that after a tournament, doesn't matter how you finished, maybe it was good, maybe it was bad. And so-and-so wants to check out your boat or there's someone that's, that's interested mm-hmm. in your boat. And you say, Hey, get up in the boat. Like, let's take a look at things. You know, those kinds of, those kinds of interactions in a short term, you're like, okay, how is the company going to see this? But in the long term, you do that enough, word gets around. Like it's gonna, it's gonna come back in my mm-hmm. eyes, and that's and that's kind of that immeasurable. I feel like is that kind of where you're going with that? Yeah, um, yeah. If you're if you're willing to do those intangible things that that a company, you know, obviously, you know, your example of of you know demoing a boat or walking somebody around a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's why the boat companies want, you know, want us to do what we do. Right. In the end, they don't build boats to give them away. Right. No, they don't. I mean, that, that's, you know, it's that's not, not why they're building boats. They're building boats. So, so, so people can buy them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so if you're able to, to, um, you know, help somebody through a buying process and that person's able to buy, and then you, then you report and follow up, Mm. on your quarterlies uh with photos or things like that you know um you know it's, it's like my partnership with ram you know yeah. i don't want to go down a hole but sure. you know i chased them for three years before before they said yes to me wow yeah and i'm really yeah. proud of that and i always yeah. talk about that because where are we you know like i'm on my third contract with them mm-hmm. um and i negotiate a three-year deal with them you know, gotcha. and, and they've literally, I'm on my third truck that they've, they've handed me. Wow. You know, um, so, so to, to build a relationships quote from scratch, um, and, and really, like I said, you know, they, they, it's Ram. They don't, their brand helps me. Mm. Right. Ken Ma's not helping the Ram brand. Yeah. Right. But what I'm helping them with is do direct sales. Mm. right is is influence and move people you know and and that's what they care about yeah right and and that brings me that that one other thing about this whole everything else we've talked about yeah is is every single one of mine yours and your listeners portfolio mm. every single one of those companies wants something different listening they do they want something different yeah and, and it's important that you know what that is, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and because again, people think because they hold the whole world in their hand, right. With the cell phone, people think that, well, if I'm posting and I'm tagging and I'm doing this and I'm doing that, right. I'm doing my job, you know, and, and, and this is the, like, I always tell people like, well, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. You know, um, I use Ram as an example, mm-hmm. right? Ram and, and and they give a rat's, you know what, <laughs> about my social media. Yeah. They don't care if I'm posting, tagging them. They don't care. Yeah. Right? They're in the business to sell cars. Yeah. Okay. However that happens, right? That's their goal. That's their number one want. Right if there. I put Adam in a headlock, <laughs> drive to Colorado, and I put you in a headlock, I throw you, you march back me down. 
I throw you in the back of the trunk and I walk you into the dealership and you buy a car. They don't care how you got there. Like, thank you. Appreciate it. They don't care how you got there. No. You know, um, so, so, so what I would say to, to the listeners too is, is you have to know, again, all the other things we talked about, you know, be clear, know what you can deliver. Um, but you also have to know, um, you know, what, what is important to each one of your supporters, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and there, there, there's times, you know, there, and there's people and I have friends, I, um, I don't currently have any, um, on my portfolio, but, yeah. but there's some companies who, you know, a friend or, or, um, you know, they're, it's a humongous company and they like you, they just like Adam. Yep. It's just, a, right. Yep. And, and they're like, you know what? Hey, we're, Adam, we're, we're going to write you a check for 20 grand. Send us an invoice. Oh, well, Hey, send us our logo or, or, uh, send the artwork over. No, we don't care about that. I haven't had any of those, Ken, but that sounds great. I, I don't currently have any, but I have some friends that have that that have that have one or two like that. Yeah, you know, um, where you know that the company's well off, or or the person that owns the company is well off, um, and uh, you know they have some expendable uh, ink, uh, you know, marketing money, yeah. and and you know they just they write it off as such, and then and you're good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there, there are some of, there's some of that a little bit, very little that exists out there. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you have a relationship like that, you're not getting any better, right? You, you are, I mean, not, you as an angler, you as a promoter, you as a, as a marketer, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're not getting any better, you know? You're not, you're not perfecting your craft of being a good marketer, you're saying. Well, yeah. And you're not growing, right? Because yeah. what, what if one day that owner sells, sells his or her you're business? Done. You're done. Yeah. Now, now you're done. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're trying, now you're scrambling, trying to figure out and you haven't gotten any better. You know? I see what you're saying. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, there, there's, again, and there's a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, there's not ever one way, but there's a bunch of different ways that, that you can uh, make yourself valuable. Yeah. You know? And that's and that comes back to what is the company looking for? Figuring out how you can how you can be provide value, mm-hmm. and that may be a lot of different things. Yeah, and I think you know, I, I guess the other first thing because we are talking about fishing mm-hmm. is um, you have to have fun, and you have to you know I want to take into consideration that off the bat, what we're talking about is, is that you have to have some type of platform, Yeah, you know, whether, whether it's the television of apex or the media of, of, of MLF, um, you know, and then, and then if you're good at fishing, that helps, right? That's, that's a factor. It, it, it does help. Right. But, but, but it's not the only factor, right? Because I, I can name you a bunch of true hammers who can win, who on, en- on the endorsement side, either they don't care yep, um, or they just, they're incapable. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and it is what it is. And right? it is. And that's, and that's like something, I mean, I've been thinking about here a lot lately too, is like, you'd look at, I mean, and there is no shame in my eyes to someone who has uh, struggled through, building a business 
and creating a business and then having this discrepancy discrepancy income to go mm-hmm. and fish professionally, go make the uh, major league fishing pro circuit, whatever it may be, and not really have to rely on 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 a sponsorship dollar or maybe yeah, you're just paying it your own way. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. Now, I think the vast majority of people out there can't do it that way or, or don't, aren't capable of going and building a business or wanting to do that route. And so like, to me, it's either that way or the promotional side from a, a making a living in the fishing industry, in the tournament fishing industry. Yeah. And it's not by winning tournaments. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not, you know, people, people look at the, the, they look, they always look at the entry fee, the payout and the percentage. Yep. And they look at heavily. They look at the top end of the, the, the payout. <laughs> and that's what people talk about. Right. And, and here's what I say. There's one winner and there's 49 losers. Yeah. Right. Now did the 49 people get a check. Yeah, sure. They got a check, but there's still 49 losers. Mm-hmm. Right. Very even in a lot of situations and, or and, less. And you can't, you can't even, you know, so, so let's take uh bass pro tour. Let's take uh, the tackle warehouse pro circuits. Real quick, uh, entry fees fifty-eight to fifty-nine hundred dollars. Yep, yep. We just bumped up from what five, five to right. five so, seven or something. Yeah, yeah. So let's call it six grand. Yeah, they do six events is thirty-six thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you make the first cut in all six of them, you make sixty grand. Yep. Okay. When you look historically, of how many anglers have made all six cuts. Super rare, Bottom, top top twenty five percent or or I mean, lower. But what I'm saying is, is, it doesn't even happen to multiple people in the season. Yeah, right. So, but if you make half the cuts, they see that as a success. Yep. Okay, that's thirty grand. That's that's not making money. <laughs> that's losing I, thirty grand. That's losing. I don't care grand. how you pencil it, right? And, and 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 I'm not picking on them. Because you could do the same at the Elite Series. You, you know, you could do the same across the country. In any fishing, yeah. In, in any fishing organization, you, you can do the same math across the country is my point. I'm just using them because it's the easiest math because it's six events and I know how much the entry fee is. Yep. Okay. So, so we just said if you make half the first cuts, right, you're going to gross $30,000, right? Well, you'd pay thirty six just to enter the six events, right? We're not even into expenses, this, that, and the other, right? And, le- and let's not even add equipment in, into bass fishing. Oh, yeah. No, that's... Right? Forget yeah. equipment, right? Because if, but, but if you were a contractor and you had a backhoe, mm-hmm. right, that, that, that you used on a construction site, you could bill that backhoe out for three, 400% of what it's costing you every month. 100%, yeah. yeah. Right? And you know for sure that if it's costing you ten grand a month to own that backhoe, you know for sure you're getting forty grand a month back. Yep. Right. Agreed. You know, our boats and engines don't work that way. <laughs> no. so, so I leave those completely out because you know why? Whether you were fishing uh, the Elite Series or not, yeah. if you're if you're an angler, you own a boat. Oh yeah. You're gonna own it anyways. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, like it's this, it, that's the, my thought process with it too, is it's an, it's an asset that you can't, I mean, if you are fishing, it's your, you know, you're going to own a truck, you're going to own a boat, those types of things. You can't view it that way. Now on your taxes, you can depreciate Correct. things out. But yeah. what I'm saying from a, 
looking at the business standpoint, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I look at the numbers in and the numbers out every year, and that's not including those assets. Because same thing with tackle, same thing with rods. I don't know. I view it that same way as that's that's an expense. It's the same thing with like going to a tournament and eating lunch versus eating lunch at home. You're still spending money either way on and you still gotta eat. Still gotta eat. You still gotta eat. That's what I tell people, you know. So and and look, if if you're gonna look at this from a dollars and cents standpoint only, mm-hmm. it will never pencil. Oh no, it's bad. It will never pencil <laughs> at, really at, at any level. You, you 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 can do it at a team tournament, yeah. and it doesn't pencil. Uh-uh. You know, so um, you know, and I, I think that ultimately, you know, um, it's funny because I was listening to Derek Hudnall. He's a friend of mine. Uh, you know, uh, lead yeah. series pro. And uh, he he posted a video today, and um, over and over again, he said, "I just want to have fun." Um, and you know, the the grind is so real uh, when you're when you're trying to fish at the highest level. And and what I mean by this is whatever your highest level is. Yeah, I, where you're. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the Elite Series or the Bass Pro Tour, right? It doesn't have to be Apex. Yeah. Um, when you're competing at at your highest level, um, the money will never ever line out okay um but there's no amount of money that you spend that will replace the accomplishments that you have accomplished in your life right how do you put a value you know like like in 10 months i won four majors it's incredible it 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 it, it is i don't i don't say that to brag but yeah i you know if you ask me well ken what would you pay for that Right. Well, I mean, just to actually accomplish that, man, if I pay 10 grand each one, if I paid 40 grand over the course of those 10 months to to do that, that would be a lifelong dream of accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I relate fishing a lot. Just so. So my younger brother won a national title this last year wrestling at NCAAs. And uh, I relate fishing a lot to wrestling from the standpoint of there's no money in it at that (laughs) so you gotta love it because these guys that are the best in the world competing in the olympics they're not they're not doing it for the money there's a lot of better options than bass fishing to make money oh huge Huge. (laughs) so you gotta you gotta freaking like it because it is uh it's just not the way it rolls so i i mean those accomplishments are what you are looking for that's what you're trying to get out of life i mean that's i mean yeah and I guess kind of to tie it up um, to follow along what you said is it, it, yeah, it is the accomplishments, but along the journey, Mm -hmm. if you're able to, because you enjoy it and you're having fun, uh, get endorsers and sponsors who are willing to either pay your whole way or half your way Mm -hmm. or some of your way. And it's a reciprocal relationship where you're getting equal value for what you do and they're getting a a value and a return on their investment on you Mm -hmm. don't we win doesn't everybody win when that happens you know because you know i had a friend tell me like 25 years ago about sponsoring yeah he said to me my buddy vince said to me he says listen he goes uh what what would you do if you lost your boat deal i go i'd buy a boat he goes, well, he goes, what if you couldn't drive that truck? He goes, well, I would just buy a different truck, right? He goes, well, what if this happened? 
you know, he asked me two or three like life kind what of serious is. life yeah. things. And I said, well, I would just do this. I would just do this. And he goes, okay, so, so we've determined that you would fish no matter what. I go, absolutely. <laughs> right. That he kind of ran me around. Yeah. And I go, yeah, absolutely. I would fish no matter what he goes. And this is what he said to me. This was his punchline. He says, well, if you're going to fish no matter what, you might as well fish for as close to free as possible. Dang. Drop the mic. That's a line. And this was way back. You know, Vince told me this way back when, um, you know, and you do, you have to build your portfolio. You know, there's, there's some anglers at whatever level, again, you know, you, you build a portfolio and it's just enough to pay all your overhead. Yep. Right. And, and I would say not, not a lot of people get there. I agree. I, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a neck. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of low percentage to get to that point. Right. A very low percentage. And then there's some people who, you know, yeah, I always do it in percentages. You know, they might get half of their overhead paid. You know, they may get 30% of the overhead paid, you know, and then there's a small percentage who get above and beyond whatever their overhead is. And that's how they, that's, that's how they pay themselves. Yeah. You know, so, and I think in the end, if you, if you, if you have fun, you do the things that we talked about, you follow up, right? And and you show value in 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 what you're doing and, and in your social media and in your conduct and in your um you know how you carry yourselves. Um it whatever you're seeking, it it's there to have. You know, a lot of people say, oh well. Sponsors are not doing this or they're not doing that, or, you know, and, and the majority of those people, they're not talking their language. Mm-hmm. It's there. You know, it really is. Now, is it there for for everybody? No, no, it's not there for everybody, but but it's but it's there. And and when you have. Um, if you possess the ability to uh, be a great angler or a good angler. Uh, you dress the part, you speak the part, you look the part, right? That that's that's all part of it, also. Mm-hmm. And then you can follow through, execute, and communicate, right? Simple steps, right there. I I, I mean, it, it's it, it's there when and when you do that, you really shine in the industry. You really can uh, can do that. It, it's sense. there. Can that's awesome, man. Well, we're running a little long here, but that's that's okay. perfectly okay because this is uh, this has been fantastic, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. One thing yep. I will at we I always ask the end of the show your three biggest largemouth, smallmouth, spotted bass, where you were and what you caught them on. Okay, thirteen uh, five on the Delta, uh, not during not during a tournament, black and blue jig. Dang it! Okay, nice. Um, spotted bass, I caught a seven. Actually caught two sevens. One was a seven oh seven spot. Holy moly! At Lake Shasta, yeah. Day two, day two of the one bass uh, pro am that I won. Wow! And I and I caught that on a uh, uh, a rig. Wow! And then that my biggest awesome. smallmouth, uh, Columbia River. Okay. Uh, not in a tournament. It was in practicing for the National Guard when it was when it was out here back then. Mm-hmm. I caught about a. Uh, put it on the scale. It was like a five eighty, nice uh, smallmouth on a uh, on a lipless. Wow, on a lipless. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Thought I was going to win the turby because that was the first day of practice. Of course, did that's happen. awesome. <laughs> oh, those big smallmouth, man. That's that's fun stuff. Yeah, very cool, Ken. 
Yep. Well, Ken, I appreciate you taking the time out, man. We talked about some great topics. I think that that is so extremely valuable to, and, and, and honestly pertinent to where anglers should be looking in today's age. And uh, I really appreciate you, you bringing out all the, uh, all the tricks in the hat on, on what it is. And um, thanks for coming on, man. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks, Adam. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all on the next one.